0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this special program here on AM 1260, The Rock, Cleveland Catholic Radio. We've got a special guest. His name is uh, Tim Francis, and we're going to be with him in just a second. I'm Dick Russ, our producer's Dan Dealey. Tim Francis is a a fascinating guy with a great story, and he's going to be coming to the Cleveland area in early September, so we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But right now, we want to say hi to Tim, who is going to be talking with us for the next half hour or so, about something I think that will be of interest to all of you listening. It is fascinating to me, and uh, Tim has, has dedicated much of the last 20 years to it, and that is how do we look at things that occur and happen in relation to our Catholic faith that appear to be miraculous, signs and wonders and things that Uh, science may not be able to explain, but may have evidence for. And we look at all these things and we say, wow, how does all this fit into our belief system? Can it make us believe? Uh, Why don't some people still believe after we see these things? So that's kind of the summary part of it. Tim, welcome to our program. Glad to have you here on The Rock.
1: Yeah, thank you, Dick, and thanks for doing what you do. I'm excited to talk to you.
0: Well, so real briefly, tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing. We we have a couple of things that we talk about: Eucharistic miracles, and also kind of like your home base where people can find you, youshallbelieve.com. Start us off, Tim.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Well, first of all, I you know I for the last 12 years, and I'm sure we'll get into my backstory, but for the last 12 years, I've been traveling the United States, been to hundreds of parishes, conferences and really talking about the things that brought me to practice Catholicism. I grew up practicing Catholicism because I had to. (laughs) But, you know, went off to Ohio State, and we'll talk about that, and fell away in a big way. But as you mentioned, uh, Dick, the miraculous things, the supernatural things that I was unaware of my whole life, are the things that really attracted me and brought me to actually search for truth. And you mentioned Eucharistic miracles. Uh, there's other things. The thing that really got my attention to begin with was the lady who had the stigmata, the wounds of Christ, and um, I'm sure we'll talk about that. So, yeah, hey, I live in Texas, but I uh, grew up in Ohio, and I, like I said, I travel. I'm getting ready, to, as you know, to go on the road, and I'm coming to Cleveland, Ohio, uh, um, a couple times, as a matter of fact, uh, one coming up in just a couple of weeks, so I'm excited to talk about that.
0: Yeah, that'll be on the 10th and the 11th of September in Euclid, Ohio, at, at the parish there.
1: You got it. Saint John of the Cross, right?
0: You got it. Yeah, we've done some uh, some announcements for that, inviting people to come either one or both nights. All right. So your your story is you're raised Catholic, like uh, many of our our listeners here, and then you said you were quote forced to, and I suppose that's the story of many people as well. Yeah, they were went to church either willingly or half willingly or begrudgingly. But you got there, and like you said, you went to college and then started to fade away once you're on your own. And again, we see that story over and over again. Pick it up from there, Tim.
1: You bet, yeah. So grew up in a town called New Carlisle, Ohio, near Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. That's where my father retired from the base. And one of six kids, five boys and a girl, and there was one church, Sacred Heart, in New Carlisle, Ohio, and we went there, you know, without fail. We didn't go to daily Mass, um, but we certainly never missed a weekend Mass or a Holy Day. And uh, I went off to Ohio State. I started going to Ohio State when I was probably, I don't know, 14 or 15, I think. I I think I used my brother's fake, or his military ID. I'm just keeping it real. And I would get into the famous... Bars in particular called Papa Joe's down in Ohio State, and you know that I say Ohio State Michigan football ended up being my feast days. That's that's the kind of stuff I live for. I don't remember going to church ever, honestly, uh, until I came uh, unless I came home uh, once once a month with mom and dad, and you know, I I would come home because I was in the Air National Guard, and that's when I would go to church because we had to. But yeah, I, at Ohio State. Not only did I unfortunately get get away from church, but little by little I got involved and, and I got introduced to drugs, and that's when things really started to spiral. So, um, went down to Texas. I was chasing money, and I met somebody who had no religious uh, education at all. I met her in a bar, of course. Uh, we got invited to a big mega church, is what happened. Really, we got invited to a big old mega church. We hadn't been going to church. I hadn't been going to church for years. She had no religious upbringing. And we got invited to some big old mega church down in Texas, uh, great in Grapevine, Texas. Big, huge mega church, grand poobah of creativity. And um, my mom, living in Ohio still, I call her the Mother Teresa. She started sending me uh, tapes. And one of the tapes she sent, you and I have something in common, Dick, because you saw the show. She recorded it on the VCR show, and it was called "Signs from God: Science Test Safe." And, you know, we can talk a lot about that, and that's what really got my attention.
0: You're right. It's very interesting. I saw the show, and uh, this has got to be 25 years ago, and at that time, everybody had VCRs, and actually, Tim, and we're talking with Tim Francis... I taped it. I had it on a VHS tape, and I've been clearing that stuff out lately, but there, there's a chance that somewhere in the family room, in, in one of those boxes, that tape still exists. And so what was on that program? Why don't you tell us that you, you eventually, eventually looked at and what it did to you?
1: Well, I can tell you, it, it, people can actually see that what's on that tape because it's on A portion of it is on my website of what my mother sent to me. Because, see, here's what happened, and I'll tell them what's on the site, and what's on the show. When my mom sent it to me, I I watched uh, a lady have the stigmata, and there's a lot more to that, as you know. She she predicts, and and there's a very famous uh, investigative journalist who was an atheist, and there's another attorney and a scientist who were probing and investigating. They were not believers. They literally were drawn into this story, and the Fox Network paid this famous investigative journalist to go over there, and 28 million people, other than you and I, watched that show in 1999. And so when I saw that lady have the stigmata, you know, I had two questions. Is it real? And if, if there's a listener that's going, what's the stigmata? It's where people experience the wounds of Christ. Probably the most famous is Padre St. Padre Pio, and the first recorded is St. Francis of Assisi. It's considered a gift. Now, I'd never heard of this. I didn't go to Catholic school. I don't know anything about Faustina or Padre Pio. You see, I tell people it would be almost like if somebody sent me a tape of Bigfoot, right? I just was like, what? Is this real? And what I was thinking at the time is that, is that I didn't know it was specific to the Catholic Church. I really didn't. I just thought. This seems like supernatural evidence to validate the reality of Jesus Christ. I had already studied the historical evidence of Jesus Christ, you know, the fact that the evidence that he, that he lived died and rose from the dead. Well, I called Fox when I saw this lady have stigmata afterwards, because I didn't have the whole show. I wanted the whole show, but there was no show to give. There was no book. There was, no, there was no, nothing to get the rest of the story. There had been no conversions, okay? That's 1999. Fast forward, um, my mother passes away, and then about five years after that, somebody calls me and says, hey, I was cleaning out my house, and I found a tape there you left, because you see, Dick, I used to go to people's houses with the VCR tape, and I used to put it in their VCR, even though I wasn't practicing Catholicism, it would just be like, you've got to check this out. And everybody would say, I don't care if somebody was you know Muslim, Jew, atheist, it didn't matter, when they would watch this, they would all say, unbelievable, is that real? How come I've never heard of this? Those are the things they would say. And, uh, and I said, I'm trying to find out, really. Well, I never found out until 2009. So literally 10 years after my mom sent me the tape, when somebody was cleaning out their house and, and, and my mom had died, they said I found a tape and they wanted to give it back to me, and it was my mom's tape. So I figured there's my mom on the other side. Yeah,
0: now, yeah. your yep.
1: listeners can go to my website, YouShallBelieve.com, that's Y-O-U, they can Google it, YouShallBelieve.com, and they'll see a thing that says, Watch Amazing Video, and that is the very video that my mom sent me. Now, and finally, I'll just tell this, and we'll talk more. Um, What happened is, when I got that tape in 2009, I said, I've always wanted to know what this was about. So I Googled, and I found a book called Reason to Believe, and it's the guy who actually filmed the lady having the stigmata. Okay? He wrote this book detailing that plus a whole bunch of other things on Eucharistic miracles and other mystical things. And in 2009, I got a hold of him from Australia. I said, send me everything you got. And I devoured it, and immediately, by God's grace, I was given the opportunity to bring that person who filmed the stigmata to Ohio. On the Blessed Mother's birthday in September 8, 2009, We packed a church in West Milton, Ohio, the Church of the Transfiguration, Father John McQuarrie, at the time. And they were there, and we filmed them. And from there, I said, they went back to Australia, and I said, okay, there's so much more to this story than people could possibly imagine, and more, frankly, than they even talked about. And so I started to put together... A presentation using film and PowerPoint to allow people to experience essentially what I experienced over the last 10 years through my conversion. And I, I will tell you, when I read that book, Dick, The Reason to Believe, I started going to Daily Mass, I started praying the rosary, I started going to uh, Holy Hour, all the things my mom wished I would have done when she was alive. It's just amazing.
0: Like I said, I watched that, and people who listened uh, to The Rock, to uh, Cleveland Catholic Radio, Uh, We'll know that I spent a long career as a a newsman, a reporter, an investigator, and so, you know, we're kind of talking the same language here. I was a a practicing Catholic at that time, and I thought, if you have things that can, let's say, uh, present— incontrovertible evidence to people who are not believers, they got to take a look at it, just like you, right? So I looked at the credentials of that Australian journalist and found out he was an atheist, and, and uh, he was amazed. And like you said, his photographer and and the lady in Bolivia, uh, that, there was one with the stigmata, right? She was in uh, yep. Bolivia, right? And okay, did they fake the tape? Because being in in the news— you look at these things, right? You've got to know one source, two sources, three sources, right? You do all this stuff. And I looked at it like you and I analyzed it. And, and, you know, about the hosts that bleed and the type of blood and all that stuff. I said, look, this is a bunch of people who know what they're doing, have absolutely confirmed this from their outside perspective. So we've got to take a look at it. So my question to you, uh, Tim Francis, is presented with this evidence, How do people react when you show them a film of the actual wounds, bleeding, and then healing up the next day? When you show them a host that is human heart tissue, and you have a scientist saying it's A, B, blood type, and you have five scientists, ten of them, secularists, atheists, they're all, yeah, and we don't know how it happened, but it is. How do people react?
1: Yeah, well, Dick, first of all, um, let let me backtrack and I'll answer that question you know, it depends on where somebody's at. And let's say this, there's a lot of people in the Church, bishops, priests, and such, that are not fans of these things. And the reason is because they don't want people chasing the miraculous. That makes sense, right? Yeah, they don't want sure. people looking at mass for a host that's bleeding, or thinking that we have to, these are the things that, that, that we have to believe for our faith. And so in that sense, we don't have to believe any of it, even if it's worthy of belief, right? These are private, miraculous revelations and such like that. Now, having said that, to your question, how do people react? It depends where they're at in life. It really does. And let's start with the, the lukewarm Catholic. You know, I was a lukewarm Catholic and then a pagan, and a, and a drug addict, and then I went to a megachurch, and then I came back to the Catholic Church, where I became an actual practicing Catholic. So a lukewarm Catholic who, who says they're Catholic and they go to church either all the time or sometimes, they are deeply impacted. And I must tell you that the presentation is much more than showing sensational stuff. Some people wonder, is this a sensation? They go, oh, by no means. Okay, it is a two-and-a-half hour, the quickest two-and-a-half hours you'll have in your life. I've heard that a million times. I've got 10,000 feedback forms. And I'm going to take people through the miracles, but then I'm going to take the meaning behind the miracles, because that's what I always wanted to know. So a lukewarm Catholic is going to go, oh, my gosh, this is actually real. They're going to understand, believe it or not, that the stigmata is tied to the Mass. They're going to understand that the Eucharistic miracle, the bleeding statue, is tied to the Mass and and the sacraments and, and, and the teachings of the Church. I call them... They, they, they actually are miracles that essentially document and almost prove, in a sense, I use that term like, loosely, prove in a certain sense, like you said, there's evidence, these dogmas of the Church. <clears throat> okay. Now, the person who is an atheist, they rightly are going to be massively skeptical. This must be made up. It's probably Photoshopped. There's all kinds of tricks you can use. David Copperfield can make an elephant disappear, and on and on and on. I, I would say that it's much like G.K. Chesterton's quote, I don't have it in front of me, but it's something to the extent that you can have all the evidence in the world, but if somebody already has a presupposition against that belief system, the evidence won't matter, right? Right. And so I found that to be the case if somebody's... Now, if somebody is grew up Catholic, they no longer practice, and they're all, they have a bent against Catholicism, and they're in the world living on vice... Well, what do you think is going to happen when light comes into a dark room? You, know, you think people are, it's going to be warm and fuzzy? No. Jesus said, I came with a sword. It's going to be controversial for them, which I'm fine with. I'd love for people to have a reaction, uh, even if it's adverse, because at least we can have a conversation. I don't get upset with that. I don't get insulted by it. The evidence for this stuff is over the top. I mean, it's unbelievable how much evidence that you may not even be aware of, that Mike Willis-y, uh put in before he died in 2019, and that's the famous investigative journalist. I mean, he spent the, the rest of his life documenting this and many others, and so the evidence is overwhelming. For a lot of people, I think, for some people, it's immediate, depending on where that in life. But uh, for some people, it's a seed that they're going to have to chew on for a little while, mm-hmm. right? And and it's like the seed that you know are fell to the ground. Not everybody's going to go search. You know that, right? I mean, yeah, of course. They're going to look at it, and, and then all of a sudden, a week later, out of sight, out of mind, right? Now, if if you bring anybody to this presentation and they take the next step, and the next step after they see the presentation, I'm going to have the book there. I didn't write it for 10 years. I never made a dime off of it. I've traveled and promoted that book for 10 years, 12 years. And that book, called Reason to Believe, you cannot read that book and come away and go, wow, this is all made up. There's no way. In 25 years, the best skeptic in the world, and you can Google this, uh, that you can find about the stigmata says she cut herself. Oh, yeah, you bet. Michael, as missed it. And I mean, it, like you said, his credentials. You know, two or three cameras, nine or ten witnesses, none of them were practicing Catholics, to my knowledge, and they all missed it. She just cut herself. That's foolish, yes. right? I'd rather you say an alien did it to her or mm-hmm. something. I mean, you know, the idea she cut her—of course, she didn't cut herself—and she's not the only one. This happens. You open up the open up the the box, and you realize you got Saint Padre Pio, who bled a pint of blood every day for fifty years, or a cup of blood.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Tim, you, you know, it, it harkens back to what Jesus has said to us. Look, you don't need to go looking for signs and wonders. They're good. They're useful. And I wonder in. Like in the overall picture of our path toward salvation, our path toward sainthood, with a small s, if you will, where do these phenomena fit in? Things Good like question. bleeding hosts and and the stigmata and other things that people may have witnessed, miraculous healings that are, that are unexplained. How are they a part of this process for the individual and for the universal church?
1: Beautiful. Great question. First of all, let's go with what Scripture says, blessed are those who believe without seeing. However, when Thomas said, I won't believe unless I can see, Jesus didn't kick him to the curb. He said, touch so that you might believe. Yeah, he did. The the first miracle recorded that I'm aware of in the Bible is water to wine. What's the purpose? It's to show the the glory of God, right? Um, I don't think Jesus ever healed anybody just because he didn't want them to have cancer. He's worried about the soul right? So it all leads back. They're breadcrumbs. that leads to signs of belief. And and if you're the kind of person that doesn't need to see things like this to believe, hear me loud and clear. This is not just for you, because there's people that you have, kids and grandkids, that are not going to Mass. You know that, and I know that, and I was one of them. And let me tell you something. I needed to see it. It brought me back to the faith eventually when I got the message behind the miracle. If there's no message behind the miracle, then it's just sensational garbage, right? The other thing is the lady who had the stigmata, I spent hours with her back in 2000, I think, 10 it was. And I met her son who used to be an atheist. And because of these mystical things, he's he's the head of the apostolate started by her archbishop. So, where do they fit into the the scheme? If they're from God, if they're worthy of belief, whether it's a Eucharistic miracle or anything else, if it's worthy of belief, that means the evidence suggests that it is supernatural and it's from God. And if if it's from God, there's a purpose, and it's not to be ignored. That's silly and foolishness. God doesn't do something just to do it. And they're meant to bring people who have doubts back to faith, just like doubting Thomas.
0: Yeah, some of us are rockheads, you know, and and we need to get whacked over the head by something, uh, either to bring us about or to you know to reinforce a flickering flame. I always think of the the words of the Bible: "The smoldering wick you shall not quench, and the bruised reed don't break." There's uh, there's always hope. I listen to your story and I say, look, I I don't know you personally, but to bring someone back from where you were to where you are now, can that work for most people? Uh, you know, you mentioned, yeah, we've got kids, we've got grandkids away from the faith, and I know people who have said, oh, Lord, please do this, do that, create this miracle, heal this, bring this person around, whatever it is, maybe it doesn't happen, and they're like, okay, now what next? How can it work for us? What what should we expect?
1: Well, I mean, you know, I got— I mean, literally 10,000 feedback forms. So I know exactly what, how this impact, how the information, and I'm blessed to share it and, uh, how it impacts people. I was just talking to my good friend from the Augustine Institute yesterday, and he told me that there's a, a young man who started a, a youth group. Of some, It's the largest one in the Cleveland area. I don't even know the name of it. He just told me yesterday. And he said that all started because four, five, six years ago, whatever it was, when I was in Cleveland with uh, Wendy Mask and Brian Truckenbrode, he said he was there, and that set him on this path. And now they have this humongous, the largest youth organization, Catholic organization. Yeah, I mean, it is so powerful. I say this, 28 million people tuned in to watch that show that you and I saw, Dick. Well, do you think they were all practicing Catholics? Oh,
0: of course not.
1: That's called a sign. In the marketing world, that, calls, that says that'll get your attention. Yeah. Well, Why would God use somebody to get people's attention, because he wants to heal their soul, right? And when you hear the whole story, which we, we're barely scratching the surface, when you hear the whole story that I'm privileged to present, and by the way, it's, if you've been before, you come again because it's constantly evolving. You will see how it all ties together. I go to daily Mass not because, oh, I'm such a great person. I don't go because it's fun. I go because I couldn't do without it, and I understand what it is, and it all started with this story. By the way, before we forget, um, Dick, if all your listeners, if you could write down one website, this will tell you where the event is. I have two events in Cleveland, and I'm having other events across the United States. It's Science Test, and test is plural, Sciencetestfaith.com, and then click on the Events tab, and you can see it, Sciencetest, plural, faith.com.
0: And we can say to our our listeners that the first... uh, of these uh, local events is the 10th and the 11th of September. That's a Sunday and a Monday at St. John of the Cross in Euclid. So we, we want to make people aware of that. Sciencetestsfaith.com and also your website, youshallbelieve.com. So Tim, we got a couple of minutes left here, and I, I wanted to get your evaluation of in a world that seems to grow more secular every day, uh, more apart from who we really are as people of spirit and body, is the scientific world, how are they viewing such things generally? I know it's hard to make a generalization, but the world of scientists, researchers, that sort of thing, who are giving all of this incredible technology, AI and flying cars and all this stuff, how do they look at these things today?
1: Yeah, well, I think it starts with where they are in life, right? Um, I'll say it like this, and I know Time's limited, Jesus, the lady who has the stigmata, she gets messages from Jesus approved by the Church, and Jesus said, it's like a glass of water, it's clear, and if you put it up to a lamp, if you can imagine and picture a glass of water holding it up to the sun, and, and lights beaming through, he said, but when the, the glass gets dirty... The sunlight can't get in. He said it's the same with your soul. And so people have been living, and I know I was there, in vice. Vice, of course, is the opposite of virtue. It's just bad habits. It doesn't mean people are bad people. They just have bad habits. I don't care if it's pornography, drugs, alcohol, you name it. How it affects people depends upon if they're open to grace. And God can be involved in that through the prayers of other people. That's why going to Mass is so powerful for you to go for other people. And so... These things are like a lightning bolt, okay? They can get a conversation going, even if they're irritated or they're skeptical or they have a bad reaction. Any reaction works, because now we can have a conversation. Again, I'll, I'll say I had the question, is it real? If it is real, what does it mean? And if it is, what does it mean? How do I know it's from God? After answering all those questions and reading the book, it's a slam dunk, so they're conversation starters. They absolutely are. One more thing. If your are listening audience, could go to my website, and it's free, to just sign up for the communication list. It's on the website, You Shall Believe. I'm launching a movie in the process of making a major motion picture. I'm not talking about a B film, A film. And it's going to show the world what we're talking about. So I've been wanting to do this for many, many, many years, and it's going to be it's going to be an amazing movie, not a documentary, but it'll show the world, because so many of the people in the Catholic churches alone, Dick, they, don't, they have never heard of these things. You know, the thing you saw and I saw, Dick, I mean, I go to a church right now, how many years, that was in 1999, 99% of the people have never heard of this. What do you think about the outside world? They don't know about anything about Padre Pio and Faustina and Eucharistic miracles, so... Um, please do go to YouShallBelieve.com and click on the email list, because I'm going to be sending out information shortly about the making of a major motion picture as well.
0: And Tim Francis, we wish God's blessings upon you and your great work. We look forward to seeing you here in the Cleveland area, September 10th and 11th. And then if people go to your uh, website, YouShallBelieve.com, they will also find out subsequently where you're going to be in their area. And that's for anybody, because, you know, we're heard uh, uh, on the air, we're heard on our podcasts online, on our app, and all that sort of thing, so people can access all this information from us on demand, including our uh, our little chat here today. Tim, I hope to uh, see you when you come to Cleveland. Uh, we thank you again for being with us today, and and as we said, we, we wish God's uh, blessings upon you and, and, and your uh, great and groundbreaking work.
1: Dick, thank you for everything you do. God bless you. And
0: thanks to our listeners and to our producer, Dan Dealey. I'm Dick Russ. For all of us here at AM 1260, The Rock, Cleveland Catholic Radio.